Hey guys, welcome back to the Illust Podcast with me, Roni, and my co-host Will. Yo, what's up, everybody? Hey. Thank you. First of all, we just wanted to say thank you so much for everyone who listened in on our first one where we introduced ourselves. Um, you guys got back to us. You asked us questions um, about, you know, the podcast in general, and you told us topics that you wanted to hear about. So today we thought we would answer a few questions mm-hmm. uh, and topic of the or first topic of the day is how we're dealing with COVID. Um, Will, do you want to start this one off? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, one of y'all had a great question of, you know, what was COVID like or what has COVID like been for cancer patients, you know, and what does that um, what does that process look like and what do we have to face? And honestly, I don't know about you, Roni, but I feel like this is something we've been facing for the past however long we've been sick. I mean, for us being sick, you're not allowed to do a lot of the things that are similar to COVID. We're not allowed, we have to wear masks. We have to really be wary of our immunocompromised selves because we Mm -hmm. can't be, out doing crazy things and getting sick with cancer because that's even worse. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. Like on top of each other. So, like, what about yourself, Roni? Like, how how has this whole uh, pandemic affected you? So, it's actually kind of strange because a lot of people have brought up to me, you know, you've, didn't, you've been dealing with this issue in the past, like isolation, social isolation, um, so it's probably easy for you. And to be honest... At the beginning, it was like, all right, this is not too bad. But now it's been it's been a lot. Um, I definitely feel myself getting antsy. Um, I guess for me, it's hard because I was just getting back into real life sort of situations, going out, seeing friends. Yeah. Um, I was in the hospital for, with a couple of surgeries uh, back in December and I was stuck at home. And, and when I feel better, that's when I'm like, okay, I need to get out of the house. I need to party. I need to have fun. <laughs> of course. And so I'm at that stage where I feel healthy enough to live my life. And yet I have more restrictions on my life, which is kind exactly. of hard to handle. Yeah. Yeah. It's like being put back in your patient seat, your cancer patient seat for those that exactly. must feel better, right? Exactly. And I think for myself, I had the same thing, you know, even though we were sick, we were still able to be social, Mm -hmm. social isolation kind of took it up to another level for us as patients, because even though, yes, we were used to some of the restrictions that COVID put on us, um, we were still able to be social. We were still able to go out and talk to people and visit and stuff. But this, I mean, being stuck at home is (laughs) not fun. I don't think it's fun for anybody. And yeah, even when um, it, when I was living in the hospital during my transplant, I was in isolation like at least six months, probably longer. That whole time frame like messed up in my mind because mm-hmm. I try not to think about it too much. But um, even during that time, my family was allowed to come visit me in the room, and they exactly. would wear gowns and masks and gloves and stuff. But I was allowed to see them, and now I can't even see my brothers, which is it's really hard. Like mm-hmm. we're trying to plan family gatherings and everyone's nervous to see each other, even though we're all quarantined and that's hard just being separated from my family. 
Yeah, no, I agree. And I remember talking with some of the patients that were actually inpatient during the time and they were only allowed one family member or caregiver to have around while they're inpatient. And like, I can't imagine that. I don't know about you, but like yeah. not being able to have your family support you in there and like no, not having sure. like my sister come help me or like, yeah, same. Have to, like that's so much harder. So yeah. I've, I've been going, I've had a couple appointments. They don't really want you come at least me. They don't want me coming in to the hospital because exactly. there's a lot of cases, yeah. COVID cases. So um, when I get there, you know, I still need physical help. I, um, like I said in the last episode, I don't know if you guys remember, but I was paralyzed um, due to the treatment for, I was in a wheelchair for three years and then I relearned to walk, but it's, it's still a process. It's a long process. Mm-hmm. And the fact I'm having issues with my joints, which making it, it's making it hard for me. So yeah. I need help. Um, and they don't let anyone come in with me. And I'm like, well, I need help. I physically can't come in to my, you literally need my the assistance. Yeah. yeah. And we have to fight with them every time. And it's, I can't imagine if I was inpatient and they didn't let a family member come in and be with me, I would be distraught the whole time. It's like my biggest fear to go to the hospital and not have my mom or even anyone with me. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. I don't think. It, it hasn't been fair, you know, for me, who's been wrapping up my bone marrow transplant stuff. Um, I go in multiple times a week to the hospital because we're considered <laughs> not in the job workforce, but as a patient, I'm considered a, like a necessity or a, um, what do they call that? The essential. Work- <laughs> essential. Yes. I'm considered <laughs> essential. And so I'm straight. You're essential. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I've been going in, getting my blood tests and everything like that. And that's been great. But I'm also being screened about 10 to 15 times about my COVID stuff. You know, yeah. I, I can't even walk into my clinic without getting, you know, my temperature taken, my blood pressure taken and everything because they want to be Design. sure that they're not letting. Design. Yeah, you got to sign your life like, away. Yeah, literally. It's I was like, okay. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, so yeah, that's what it's been like for me. And it's just been... it's a hassle but I Mm. I appreciate the people that are working and doing the things that they are to have security because obviously we don't want people just running amok with immunocompromised people all over so yeah so thankful everyone to healthcare workers all the essential workers (laughs) yeah literally yeah Yeah. beautiful people yeah um the second Mm. thing we kind of wanted to dive in today or the second topic uh we got asked about and wanted to actually just, we want planned on discussing this anyway, was, you know, what were relationship relationships like during our cancer lives um, during while we were sick, uh, while we were receiving treatment, et cetera, you know, what was dating like love life. Um, so we figured we'd kind of like bring this up and probably have a later episode to really get into the nitty gritty, but mm-hmm. Roni, what was it like? Um <laughs> Okay, dating so, or talking during this stage of your life. Okay, so I was initially diagnosed. I was only fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> there's, you know, I was pretty young. Yeah, yeah, still um, like high school age. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I actually did start dating a kid like a week before I was diagnosed. Um, obviously, it's not as serious as a relationship would be now at this age. So um, it wasn't that big of a deal. It's not like anything was really going on to be honest we barely spoke because I was in the hospital all the time um and then I eventually just broke up with him because I felt like this isn't a relationship and I didn't want him 
to go through it with me you know I just felt like I like he didn't deserve that exactly yeah and then so for me I guess this I need to answer this question based off of how I am right now or Mm -hmm. right like once I didn't have the cancer anymore because I was older um dating life is different for me in a few ways uh first of all the fact that I you know have like an invisible disability um like you if you look at me and I'm walking and stuff you wouldn't know that I have any issues really I Um, thought you were healthy the first time I met you on like honest you know like thank you (laughs) like it's it's like a compliment but at the same time it's it's hard because then not everyone believes almost that you've been through what you've been through. Exactly. Yeah. Even doctors, it's like a struggle to get them to understand like, no, I'm in so much pain. Yeah. Please believe me. Yeah. So, um, so basically dating for me now, like I need help with certain things and they need to be understanding of that. Uh, mm-hmm. They need empathy. They need to, I guess, connect with me on a, on a different level. I need to feel that someone doesn't care about it at all and will almost like doesn't see it like treats me the same and yeah yeah and also yeah of course I remember we we were talking about this a little bit ago about um trust and just um yeah like knowing that person's gonna be there and like knowing that person hopefully understands remotely what you're going through and like listens to you understands the pain you're facing and like Mm -hmm. has the empathy and is able to like communicate that or help you communicate that to your doctors you know yeah like I don't even need them to help me with the doctors because I'm I have a pretty good like handle of like my medical situation for sure yeah all that but just being supportive and not ever making me feel like I'm not doing enough or like you know sometimes uh, people will say not even necessarily in relationships but um friends strangers will say you know if only you did this you would be better if only you you know all the those tea like all, what are those yeah. like, if only you did essential oils yeah essential be oils. <laughs> exactly if only you did like uh, all of this <laughs> stuff then you would be okay now like, yeah. almost putting the blame on me that i have these issues yeah um so Anyone who says anything like that, huge red flag. No, that's a no for me. No, um, yeah. I mean, a good, yeah. Uh, yeah, a good friend of mine also kind of has like an invisible disability, and she kind of explained it as, you know, the, those people come up to you and they'll be like, "Man, like it must suck to be you," or like it, your life must suck because you have to, you have this going on, right? Like, is mm-hmm. that how you feel? So, I get like different reactions from different people. People will be like, um will say things to me like oh you're so amazing that you can live like be happy even though you have all of these I get different responses from different people some people yeah I I don't know it really depends on the person but they're never good reactions (laughs) yeah I never like what they have to say but no it's not true it's really I like to hear on people say like how are you always smiling because then I feel that people see me the way that I feel yeah yeah okay Mm -hmm. so that I enjoy but um, getting back to the relationship thing, basically, I'll just tell a quick little story about um, one time a few years back, maybe five years ago, um, I started dating this kid that I thought he was so great and so nice and all of the above, <laughs> all of the good things that you look for yeah. um, in a match. And uh, I was still in a wheelchair at the time. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, I have problems with my joints. All of my joints are in the process of collapsing. So obviously it's pretty painful. Um, Mm -hmm. I was on pain meds back in the day. And he said to me, you know, you really shouldn't be on oxycodone. Like you need to stop. And I said, I I was like, excuse me, like, you don't even he didn't even really know my medical situation yet. But I was still in a wheelchair. And I just, you know, um, got over cancer. Yeah. And uh, basically, he said to me, you know, I knew someone once with cancer, they were on pain meds, and they stopped when the when they were cured, or went into remission. And, (laughs) and I, I, you just don't know how to respond to something like that. Like every case is different. Yeah. Not You're the, clearly not, dealing with a different issue. Yeah. Right. Than yeah. The cancer alone. <laughs> yeah. And he was really um, serious about me with the pain, about the pain meds issue. And obviously I ended it with him because he did not understand what I was going through. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that was just a quick little story. An example of how people say things to you without having, without ever stepping into your shoes or having any background knowledge about your situation and just assuming and how it's like not okay for people to just give their opinions about things that they don't know anything about. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, exactly. It's like, are you the one experiencing this uh, level 10 pain? Oh, no, you're not. All right. Yeah. Do you have have to have surgeries to replace your joints every three months? Like I, (laughs) anyway, I was just like, I'm out. <laughs> Topic for another time. For yeah, another exactly. Time. But but what about you? Like, how have you? Yeah. How has it affected you? Yeah. So cancer and dating for me was like a, a different a different thing. I don't I don't even know really know how to explain it. You have a lot of people contacting you, reaching out, wishing you well, and everything. And I got to talk to a lot a lot of people, and that was nice, and I really enjoyed that. Um, but when when once that all sort of started to fade and stuff, you kind of saw what people stuck around and what people actually wanted to talk to you and everything. And um, mm-hmm. the first way I felt with the whole relationship thing was just the amount of baggage that I was going to bring into the relationship mm-hmm. um, is like being a cancer patient and everything. Like no one, let's be real. No one likes a lot of baggage when you're going into a relationship. They want it to be at least a little bit easy. But when you're bringing mm-hmm. in something like a s- serious life illness, like that's a lot, um, regardless of who you are today. And I, I completely got that. Like, I understand why some people would just be completely turned off by that, but, um, you know, sometimes you do find sister people. Did you, did you have that same case? Like, did you feel like you had a lot of baggage Roni or? 100%. I still feel, I, I will always feel that way. Even if I'm with someone for five years, I'll be like, Oh my God, I'm so much like, just, I'm so much just (laughs) like having, because I can handle what I'm going through, but yeah. you don't think about how it affects the person that you're with, too. Yeah. Or you do think about it, but you don't really know how it affects them in yeah. actuality. Like, I can't actually, I'm not them, so I don't know. Um, I always try to take on the baggage myself. I don't want to, like, give it to anyone else. Yeah. But at the same time, if I love you and if, I, you know, if I feel close enough with you, Mm-hmm. Like, I want to share my life with you. Like, yeah. you are the person, you know, people need to vent. Even I need to, everyone needs to vent just to get things off their chest and to feel better. So when I vent, it'll be like, it'll be about my, my medical stuff going on. Of course. And I don't want it to affect them. But at the same time, if they're in my life, I, for me to feel that connection, I do need to talk to them about it. Yeah. No, I agree. And like, it's I kind of wrote situation. today, cancer is a lifelong thing. You know, this isn't something that you 
cancer isn't something you beat. I think that's a common misconception. Um, mm-hmm. Our illnesses are these invisible disabilities, regardless mm-hmm. of what they are. They're yeah. like, they can be lifelong things and they aren't things that are just solved and healed in a snap, you know? Right. Exactly. Um, and even if you're cancer free, it's like, it, it's going to affect you. There's long-term effect, side effects. Yep. It's going to, you're going to be affected by it forever. And mentally, you know, it just changes who you are. Yeah. Things for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I also had an ex that that didn't like the fact that I would bring up. I have a cancer birthday. My transplant is like yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, and he didn't like that I would um, celebrate that up. Yeah, he didn't. He thought that it was something that I need to get over and live, start living my life. But it's it's that's not how you should look at it. First of all, yeah, it's something I'm celebrating life. I'm not making it into a depressing situation. I'm, yeah. It's more of like, yes, I'm here 10 years later and I'm still here. Exactly. And I was reading statistics and it was something like, I don't want to be quoted, misquoted here, but it was something <laughs> like 20, 27% or 18%, one of those two numbers um, for people with AML, the type of cancer I have 10 years later are alive. So sorry, let me rephrase that in a way that makes sense. For sure. So for AML, acute myeloid leukemia, for 10 years later, the survival rate was either 18 or 27, which to me are both really, really low. Yeah. Um, and I'm still here. So it's like, I'm celebrating it. And exactly. And yeah, so some people just don't get it. But I know now the type of person that I do need in my life is somebody that will celebrate it with me. And somebody that will see me like, in a more positive light because of what I've been through. And yeah. not won't see that as something that is necessarily baggage if you know what I mean and so what I'm getting at here really with all this is we're kind of looking for a rare breed of person you know a rare person that is going to be able to take on this this challenge and take Mm -hmm. on this thing with us that um you know we're perfectly imperfect people and you know even though the other person might have the same baggage or different baggage like they're going to bring something along too and obviously we'll be accepting of that because we understand you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's where I was kind of going with that is we were just looking for a rare person. And I did date a few people while I was ill. Um, uh, I dated one gal and she was really great. Um, and she loved to take care of me, which is amazing. That's awesome. And, um, we had a great time and I really appreciate everything she did for me. Uh, however, like, I think I realized towards that, like, as I started feeling better and stuff, you know, I'm not always going to need to be taken care of because like once I can handle myself or do things myself that maybe I can do more. So um, that excited me and we ended up breaking things off, but um, still a great gal. And then I dated um, another one and she was amazing as well. Very supportive of everything I had going on. But um, the result of our relationship was a discussion that, you know, if I relapsed again or if something happened, I really needed to go all in on my health and I needed to focus on cancer and quote unquote yeah. beating it. But, um, and she was very mm-hmm. supportive of that. And I can't think of her uh, enough for that, but yeah. Uh, would I, would I, I want to ask you this question, Roni, would yeah. you recommend dating while ill or having the illness or anything like that would you recommend finding someone if you want me to give me my viewpoint I can but Mm. oh good question on the spot here okay do you want me to answer first um no it's okay I'll answer um 
I think it depends on your situation. I think, hell yes, if you find the right person, yeah, that you sh- it shouldn't stop you. You know, mm-hmm. like you shouldn't stop your life because you know, life is always going to throw some curveballs at you, and you don't oh, just yeah. give up on finding lo- or whatever it is that you want to do outside of that because of this. I mean, Agreed. sometimes you have to. Sometimes you know, sometimes it doesn't make sense. But I think if you're able to and you want to then hell yeah, you should go for it. <laughs> you only live once. That's right. And That's right. That, it, it's a lot of people. I know people who said they felt guilty bringing someone in like yeah. to their life when, first of all, they don't know how it's going to turn out for mm-hmm. them. What, you know, life and death. That's a scary topic. We're not talking about it now, but yeah, we'll talk but, about that later. Yeah. But, um, but no, you shouldn't feel guilty because that person chose to, th- th- to be in your life. Mm-hmm. That means that they, care about you enough or see potential in you enough that they they're able to to decide for themselves yeah they're not you know everyone knows cancer has you have the risk of not making it or or bad side effect or whatever it is yeah everyone knows that so that means that they took it on themselves and they don't they don't care like they they care about you enough and it's their right to choose to be with you through this and you should decide for them because yeah. you feel guilty, you know? I agree. I, I agree on that part for sure. If the person presents themselves, and I think that's why I kind of still went ahead and tried to date and withhold a normal life, quote unquote mm-hmm. normal, of course, right? Yeah. Um, was because uh, I knew these great people and we gave it a shot and work out or not, you know, you learn more regardless. And yeah. I do want those though, if they're going to consider dating, just look at where you are at mentally and emotionally in a state and assure that you're not in a position that you're going to severely damage this person or something yeah. like that. Um, that's, that's I, I, I had been going through therapy for almost, you know, since I got diagnosed, honestly, I've been going through therapy with a the therapist and discussing um, issues that I had and what I felt and my feelings and, you know, you just got to be upfront and honest about those. And sometimes it's harder than others. And I I would just, whatever you do. Yeah. Just really be honest about what's going on in your head and how you feel, because um, there's no reason if you're not feeling somebody anymore, not interested in somebody anymore that you should um, tag them along or them tag you. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So um, just kind of people don't ghost people. (laughs) Yeah. Just kind of do it, do it, do a checkup from the neck up as my mom likes to say and just look at where you are mentally emotionally and kind of I like that figure out what you want to do there so should we move on to our last topic yeah okay so last topic of the day um actually will receive this question um, yeah. from one of the listeners which i thought was a really good question um advice that your post-cancer self would give your pre-cancer self um do you want to get into it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I've actually had time to think about this. I literally just popped this on Roni yeah. um, before we started recording. And she's like, uh, okay. <laughs> but um, the first thing that came to mind for me was patience. And if I could tell myself that how valuable a lesson of patience is, whether I'm waiting for results, which as I am now, whether I'm um, – you know, going through this process, the cancer isn't a flu. You know, I know when I got diagnosed, I thought a month after I'd gotten home that I was going to be like, oh, like 
now should be the time that I get back on my feet. But my therapist quickly reminded me that, you know, this isn't an illness you get and it goes away quickly. This is something that you're going to have to face, face, fight and continue Mm -hmm. to work at for a while. It's a war. Yeah. And so I think it, that is one of the most valuable lessons I've learned. What? No, I I was saying it's a war, not a battle. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And so I would say patience was one of the biggest things that I told myself I needed to kind of think about and learn. I would tell my pre-cancer self that also my pre-cancer self was someone who begged to be unique for so long. Right. I, I remember you, I used to like pray about this. I used to think about, you know, God make me unique in some way. And that he answered your prayer. <laughs> yeah. He answered my prayer. All right. But it is not in the way that I expected. So I think also be careful what you wish for because mm-hmm. yeah. um, though oh, I wanted to sure. be unique and I couldn't recognize my own uniqueness at the time. I mean, by all means, the universe responded and they gave me a way to be unique. You know, yeah. the universe yeah. answered whatever you believe, energies, gods, whatever. It sure. slapped me in the face and it was like, you want to be unique? Mm-hmm. Here's a way. Good luck. Figure it out. And so yeah. those are the two big things I would say. Roni, what do you what do you think you would so tell your pre-kids? You my initial my instinct was just to, I would say to myself, you dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. But but no, I don't it's such a difficult question. I guess I would just say um you are great the way that you are. Um yeah. I learned to love myself through like I, you know those people who like when they're when they're 20 they look up back at high school pictures like oh my god I looked so good then and then they're 25 they look back at 20 they're like no I looked so good then now I look yeah yeah so you know back in the day as a I don't know maybe guys I'm sure guys feel this way too but as a woman or as a girl I was really self-conscious about everything about myself of course and I would just tell myself you're great and it took it took me really a long time to get to where I am now I Mm -hmm. you know um with all of the imperfections now I see myself as perfect you know oh yeah you do now that I'm so much like worse off like than I was then now I'm like I'm great I mean of course I have those days where I'm like oh I'm terrible but um but otherwise I would just say like go with the flow Mm -hmm. um don't worry too much life is no matter what I'm gonna cry no (laughs) that's okay whoo no matter what plans you make, life life decides in the end for you, you know? With, yep. So don't take life too seriously. Do what you want to do. Have fun. It's, it's not that long. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah, one of my favorite quotes that I read while I was going through all this was, you know, you can make as many plans as you want, but the universe or God or whoever's out there is going to make them for you, you know, exactly. and they're going to, so I, what I've gotten to do is I stop making plans. You know, I, I live presently and I mean, obviously create some sort of plan, but yeah. Um, like a general plan, not too specific. Yeah. Not too specific though. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it really has affected how I write down my goals and how I present my self and my life. And yeah. Yeah. Whew. I'm taking a little bit. Sorry, I don't even know why that wasn't even no, the topic that's good. that I thought I would cry at. But yeah. 
that's beautiful let's go i'm so glad all the time (laughs) um okay i think i think that's your uh pre-cancer self thanking you a lot right there you trying to make me cry again like (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh yeah i don't know but you you learn a lot you learn so much and what i think like i see myself as wise now yeah not yes. people. like I see myself as wise mm-hmm. like I've been through more than most people will go through in their lifetimes same with yeah. you and yeah so you just I don't know you learn a lot and um just go with the flow and I'm sure I'll come up with more things like later <laughs> after this podcast after we're done recording I'm gonna be like oh, yeah. I should have said this this and this yeah. but on the spot that's just um how I feel that's what's on your heart right now yeah so um but okay i think that was that was a good that was a good actually we're at 28 minutes right now if you don't mind roni i'm gonna do the outro you mind if i wrap this up wrap it up all right um we just want to thank you all for listening again thank you so much uh we appreciate all the listens from last week and we want to let you know the hoodies only available for one more week if you want to get them get them while they're hot otherwise we're closing that shop down and you'll just have to wait for either our next release of something cool or something else they're dope too so yeah they're dope that's right that's right they're they're ill yeah they're sick so thank you for listening and uh we will go ahead and see y'all next week yeah thanks guys have a good one